Well, if he would have gone any longer on that, I was going to have to pull out my credit card and pay him for that one. If you would um, take your Bibles and turn to Psalm 94. Psalm 94. I was up here singing with the, uh, our Sunday school class, and I had no idea. It never dawned on me all the old people in that class. <laughs> did, you, did you notice that? Uh, I kind of, I was thinking, Brother Reuben, can I, can I talk to you about maybe your class? Maybe we can, we can get into your class. But I will, I will tell you this, Brother, Brother Lloyd, and I can say this over the years, that man is the best Sunday school teacher I have ever had. He is awesome, and um, I'm very, very thankful for, for what he does and what he brings every, every Sunday. Psalm 94, out of the reverence of God's word, if you could please stand for the reading of the word. It's going to be a little bit lengthy tonight. It's, we're going to go all the way uh, through uh, 23, but Psalm 94, Psalm 94, starting in verse 1. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. Lift up thyself, thy judge of the earth. Render a reward to the proud. Lord, how long shall the wicked, how long shall the wicked triumph? triumph? How long shall they utter and speak hard things, and all the workers of iniquity boast themselves? They break in pieces thy people, O Lord, and afflict thine heritage. They slay the window and the stranger and the murder and murder the fatherless perhaps abortion. Yet they say the Lord shall not see, neither shall the God of Jacob regard it. Understand, ye brutish among the people, and ye fools, when will ye be wise? He that planteth the ear, shall he not hear? He that formed the the eye, shall he not see? He that chastiseth the heathen, shall not he correct? He that teacheth man knowledge, shall not he know. The Lord knoweth the thoughts of man, that they are vanity. Blessed is the man who thou chastenest, O Lord, and teachest him out of thy law, that thou mayst give him rest from the days of adversity until the pit be digged for the wicked. For the Lord will cast off his people, neither will be forsake, will forsake, will not cast off his people, neither will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment shall return unto righteousness, and all the upright in heart shall follow it. Who will rise up for me against the evildoers, and who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord hath been my help, my soul hath almost dwelt in silence. When I said, My foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, help me up. In the multitude of my thoughts within me, thy comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity have fellowship with thee, which frameth mischief by a law? They gather themselves together against the soul of righteous and condemn the innocent blood. But the Lord is my defense, and my God is the rock of my refuge. And he shall bring upon them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. Yea, the Lord our God shall cut them off. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, the, 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 the King, Lord, of everything, Lord, the ruler of all, Lord, I just ask you tonight that you will be in this message, Lord. Speak to the hearts of your people, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. you may be seated.
over, over the past uh, few months, actually over the past even few days, it has been a very, very difficult, difficult time um, in, our nation's, in, our, in our nation's history. I, I can't, I get emotional. I sat there and listened to that song and I had to, I had to quit thinking about the song. I had to quit thinking on it because I would have been up here bawling and y'all would have not gotten anything out of me except a bunch of tears. Um, it has been a dark, dark, dark time in our nation's history. It's been a dark, dark time for the church just in the past few days. And one of the big things that, that has happened that comes across to me is everybody wants answers. They're looking for answers. Um, every time I get a text, every time I, I get a phone call, people ask me, okay, Randy, now what? Now what? Now what? And I remember um, a few days ago, sitting in a hotel room, um, I was actually going through, um, it was actually the election, of the Georgia election of the, uh, the Senate election. And it got pretty late that night and I, um, I couldn't sleep. And um, deep, deep depression went over me. It's not because of a party, my party lost. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing to do with that. It was a realization that God, God's judgment was coming on America. It's been a dark, dark situation in our nation. This nation was created on, was based on people, the people self-ruling. We have a constitution that was created as a rule of law over this nation. There's three branches of government. It was put in place to represent the people. The president was to be a president, not a king, not a di dictator, but he was part of a branch of government. The legislative branch was to represent and make law for the people. They were represent us, the people. That's who they were to legislate for, us, because we put them in place to legislate and make law for us, the people. The Supreme Court was to rule based on the Constitution and make decisions based on that Constitution and that Constitution only to evaluate that the laws that the legislature was making were just laws. That was the purpose of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court no longer does that. The Supreme Court legislates from the bench. Case in point, they made a decision that marriage was no longer between a man and a woman. That has nothing to do with our Constitution. But they came out and made that decision. They have made decisions again and again and again of this nature. Or they would ignore the Constitution completely and ignore listening to a case based on the political climate. I am not going to, tonight I'm not going to discuss the election, though I would have a lot to say about the election tonight. 
This is not going to be a political, this is not going to be a politically correct message. I don't know how to make a political correct message out of this message tonight. Our nation is in trouble. Our nation is going to fall. Listen to me carefully. Our nation is going to fall. I have never made that comment before, but I'm making it tonight. Our nation, because God is not going to put up with this nation and the sin of this nation. He is no longer going to put up with that. And tonight, I'm going to tell you why and what's going on in our nation. This is a you ought to know tonight, so I'm going to bring up some things that's going on that you may or may not know what's going on in our nation right now. The church has lost its power in the United States of America. And I'm making a general statement, it's across our nation. Um, they are no longer relevant. They are no longer feared. The church in the United States of America was feared by our legislature. Am I right, Brother Balloon? That's right. When there was an issue in a local government, you went down there and had a talk with them, they would change it. They no longer respect the church because the church is no longer relevant. Their church is no longer relevant because they have compromised. That's the reason they're no longer relevant. The United States has a two-party system. Over the, over the years, specifically in my lifetime, the Democratic Party has moved into a socialist ideology. Now, I'm not talking politics. I'm talking biblical worldview. They are socialist. They admit being socialist. I'm not sitting there making a, putting a tag on them. That's what they say. That's what they're telling us. It's nothing new. Let's face it. Let's be honest. Let's quit jumping around, or I was going to say dancing around the issue. I don't know if you can say that word in church tonight. I'm going to say it anyway. Let's just be honest about it. They're socialists. They say they are. They admit it. And please understand that socialists don't believe in states' rights. Okay? So you can say, well, whatever happens in, in Washington, let's not worry about that because, you know, we really need to worry about our state. Well, we need to worry about our state, but socialists don't believe in states' rights. There's, there's no tie there at all. And I'm going to go on. And quite frankly, in many cases in the Republican Party, it has also moved in many cases to the left of a biblical worldview. We would not be in the situation we are in if the Republican Party would hold the line. And they don't. They just compromise. It's okay to compromise on what color the carpet needs to be. But you don't compromise on biblical values. The Democratic Party will now hold the House and the Senate, the Vice President, 
will be able to break any ties, tie votes that come down in the Senate. Majority of any biblical worldview position is always on party lines, always on party lines. So now socialists have the House, they have the Senate, and the president-elect also being of the same party, they will have an unfettered power that only the Supreme Court will have a check and balance on. And unfortunately, we have seen decisions made by the Supreme Court on religious and church issues that have ignored state and federal government and our Constitution. To keep power, this is what this administration has made clear that they would do. I'm not speculating on this, they have said this. And one of the things that happens is when they normally say something they're going to do, they normally do it. They normally do it. First of all, they're going to give Puerto Rico and D.C. statehood. What this will do is it will allow electoral votes to their party. Secondly, they will open the borders while giving free health care and education to illegal immigrants that are coming into the United States, giving additional votes. And third, they will be giving free college um, to illegal immigrants as well as canceling all college debt. Some of y'all may be kind of happy with that, but somebody's got to pay for that. Which will, in essence, give more votes to their party from young people. Our founding fathers actually identified this issue, and they were concerned that this would happen. It's when they realized that their legislature could give them money that they would vote for them. And this is happening today. They also said that they would add numbers to the United States Supreme Court so that to making decisions based on socialist agendas. They would stack the court, as it's been termed. The next thing that they plan on doing is making federal laws concerning and prohibiting voter identification. So basically what they're talking about doing is um, that you don't have to have an ID, identification, to come in to vote. Here in the state of Florida, that's required. They want to make federal law that would usurp the state's rights so anybody could vote, come in and vote at will, for any, whether they're a citizen of the United States, whether they live here or live in another state, no matter what the situation was, they would give them unfettered power for voting. And they also are proposing on lowering the age of voters. They would also give agencies unfettered power to make law at will to further their agenda. Agencies such as um, the EPA, that's an agency. And basically what happens is, is organizations such as the EPA, other organizations, ATF, they would give them unfettered power 
And instead of legislatures making law to change law, now these agencies, the head of these agencies would have unfettered power to make law at will. And by the way, they already are starting to do that. They've done it for years. But because we've had a two-party system, we've had checks and balances, it's, we've been able to, at some level, to try to curtail some of that. But now they're saying that we are going after different agendas through these agencies. They flat have come out and said that. And I'll mention one of them here in a few minutes. To ensure that they can move through their new agenda and administration quickly, because they have two years to pull this off before another election comes around. But if they do all that, then they won't have to worry about an election again. But just in case, to make sure their agenda goes through quickly, they have instituted new house rules. And I won't get into the detail of these house rules because they are detailed. But I will get into one of them very specifically is they're saying such as they will no longer allow proposing amendments from the floor. Okay, so the, the opposition, the opposition side no longer has the ability to uh, come out and suggest an, amended, uh, an amendment. Um, basically what it does is it cuts down debate. It cuts down open debate and they can streamline this agenda that they have through um, the legislative process. They've come up with all kinds of, of, of nonsense. Can you give me liberty to say stupid tonight? Thank you. They came up with this, um, they've got done a lot of things, but one of, them, one of the house rules that they had to come up with is to make everything gender neutral. Opening prayer by Missouri, uh, Missouri Representative Emanuel Cleaver, he ended the prayer by saying amen and a woman. Now, amen means so be it or let it be. That's what it actually means. To me, it just sounds like a bunch of idiots. I can't imagine, can you imagine this just for a moment? You have a doctor comes up to you and says, Sir, I just want to let you know that you have womanitis. And he's trying to be general neutral because it's actually meningitis, but instead of that, you'll just say womanitis. <laughs> this gender neutral thing, I'm making fun of it, but it's blasphemy right. in the face of an almighty, holy God. To move from, a, from a, a free nation to a communist nation, there's eight major issues have to happen. And I'm going to go through those eight issues tonight. I'm trying to cram a four-hour sermon into two, so please forgive me. First thing that needs to happen is is health care. Health care needs to be controlled. They need total control. A government needs total control over health care. 
through the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court has ruled that Obamacare, a major component of Obamacare, is unconstitutional. That was ruled a couple years ago. The new administration plans on reinforcing it and driving to a single-payer system where the government controls the entire, entire health care system. The government will have complete control and could even determine who lives and who dies. It's no longer God determines the value of life. The government does because communism always replaces God for the government. The next thing that they would, they would do is poverty. The plan would be to increase the poverty level as high as possible to make poor people easier to control, and they will not fight back if you provide everything for them to live. This new administration is committed to shut down the entire country in the name of COVID, including the church. And this would be a federal mandate. And again, you remember, they do not believe in states' rights. This would put millions and millions of people out of work. It would run the economy into the ground, and it would create hyperinflation because the country would continue giving money out um, to control the population. The next one is, is to drive the federal economy into a debt load that's unsustainable. The United States of America is currently at $27 trillion in debt. It is already unsustainable. And every time we get money that's coming from the government, every single time that money comes in, that's an increased debt load. This will increase, this will cause hyperinflation. Okay, hyperinflation is where that your $2 gas goes to four, six, eight dollars an hour, uh, an hour, a, a gallon. It would also force Americans to pay taxes, an increase in taxes to a level that would be unsustainable. The fourth thing that they would do is to create a communist state is gun control. It's the Second Amendment. They would remove the ability for the people to defend and govern themselves. All the, other, all the rest of the Constitution and the amendments ride on the Second Amendment. Because if it wasn't for the Second Amendment, there would be no checks and balances and control over the rest of the Constitution. <coughs> this would be creating a police state. If you have looked over the past, even this past year, you have seen where that the animosity between the, the, um, the police, defund the police, defund the police, you hear that, and you're like, what is that? That's communism, because what they want to do is they want for the federal government to step in and say, we need to control this. The state doesn't know how to handle this, so we as a nation need to come in, we as a federal government need to come in and control the police state that they're going to create. There was a secret meeting between the new administration and ATF, 
already. And the ATF is one of the, agen one of the agencies that are making law. The agenda is to go after the Second Amendment, and they're going after, after it in a very, very hard and heavy way. They pr plan on promoting liability on gun manufacturers, which will force many of them out of business. They have planned on creating red flag laws at a federal level. Red flag laws are where gun can confiscation can be at will, and it's at a federal level. They can come in and they can, they can say, oh, you do not have the same belief system that we do. We'll just confiscate your guns and then take us to court for the rest of your life to get them back. That meeting with uh, ATF, they've already created an agenda. There has already been a, a raid on a gun manufacturer already as we speak for doing nothing illegal, I might comment on. The next thing that they would do is create a welfare state, take control of every aspect of your food, your housing, and income, of the lies because the will will make them fully dependent upon the government. And that is the agenda of a socialist agenda, and that is the agenda of this administration. The next one is education. Take control of what people read, what they listen to. <coughs> Take control of major media, as well as social media. And they are currently working very, very closely with the new administration. All of your media outlets, and I'm just going to name a few of them. I'm going to get in trouble over this, but I'll just get over it. All your media, major, major media um, organizations are working closely with this new administration. There's no more freedom of speech and freedom of, of the press. Everyone, including Fox News, every one of them. Then you go to your social media, you name a social media outlet, and they are controlling. They were effectively controlling this election. They did. And it's not only using their social media platforms, but they spent hundreds of millions of dollars. I saw it. I know what I'm talking about. Facebook alone used $400 million to affect this election. That is illegal electioneering. But nobody is going to stop it. Conservative social media platforms are being shut down. One platform called Par Parler, which is an alternate to Twitter, it is a conservative social media platform. They had a, under, they had a paid contract with Amazon servers to house their platforms. Parler has been top-loaded, has been the top-loaded app of Google and Apple for the past two months. There were millions upon millions of users have signed up for this app. All in an organized effort, Google has removed Parler from its app store. Apple just did it today from what I understand. And Amazon, 
that was under a paid contract with Parler as of midnight tonight is removing the entire program from its servers. And Parler has leased them and they're under contract. And that's just one free speech app that I'm referring to. Social media sites are on an all-out effort to block, delete, remove any and all media that has not been of a socialist agenda. Conservative sites are being blacked out. I could name uh, dozens of them that have been blacked out. All of this in the matter of about 10 days this has happened. I did a video a couple weeks ago simply on my personal experience while overseeing the recount in Fulton County, Georgia on the presidential election recount. Uh, my personal experience, it's hard to argue with somebody that was firsthand, this is what I saw. I had within about four days, I had around 5,000 views on that video across multiple platforms. Then all of a sudden, <clears throat> within an hour, simultaneously, all these different platforms blocked that video. It wasn't just one, it was an orchestrated effort that all platforms blocked my video at the same time. Now I wonder how in the world that happened. Twitter alone has deleted over 4 million conservative accounts in the past 10 days. 4 million of them. In an effort to take control of what children are learning in school, this new administration is committed to eliminate private school voucher programs and force schools to accept alternate lifestyles as well as many other ungodly and unbiblical agendas. Folks, that will affect the school here at Ocala Christian Academy. Religion, remove belief in God from the government. Make people dependent upon the government instead of God. The government knows what's best for the people. The new administration is committed to force religious institutions, including churches, to not discriminate against pertaining to lifestyles and force them to provide abortion-inducing drugs. Everything I'm telling you tonight is not hearsay. This is coming right out of the administration. They openly plan for churches to close in the name of COVID. Right now, as of just a few weeks ago, over 20% of all the churches in the United States have permanently shut their doors over the COVID government mandates already. In the state of Florida, we are blessed. We are blessed. It's not happening that way in other places in our nation. And then the last one is class warfare. Divide the people into the wealthy and the poor. Eliminate the middle class. And as you see what's going on that has happened over the course of the past year. The new administration has endorsed the idea of using the executive branch, that is the president and the, not, the vice president-elect, um, has endorsed using the idea of using the executive branch to scrutinize pro-life legislation brought forth in the states. Their authority can carry out this aggressive violation of the separation of powers 
is obviously dubious at best. I've given you the problem. The hardest part is giving you the answer. But I will tell you this. This is the answer. Number one is make sure that you have a firm foundation in Jesus Christ. I cannot imagine, I cannot imagine me going through the times that we are getting ready to go through, folks, without a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I can't imagine that. And I would say to you tonight that if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, if you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, tonight, please, I'm begging you, make that decision tonight. The second thing I would say is I'm talking to the church in this regard. The second thing I would say is this. We as a body, we as a church, and churches across America need to keep on their knees. And the first thing that we need to do, according to Chronicles, is repent. Repentance is something in churches that, are, that is not very popular anymore. Oh, we can pray, but we can't repent. We can't repent for our sins. And the second one is to turn. And then the third thing I would say is to pray for revival. Pray for revival. The church can thrive during this time if the church is revived. And then pray for God's protection upon the church. Pray for God's protection. We're going to go through a very difficult time. And I go to to Psalm (coughs) 46.10. Pastor, you mentioned that Sometimes your wife gives you sermons. My wife gave me this. Psalm 46.10. This is what it says. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still. Be still. That's hard for us in America to do, isn't it? It's hard to just be still. Put away the stuff. Put away all the stuff and get into God's word and be still and listen to what God has for us. And then the second part of that that verse, it says, and know. That's an emphatical word, know. I know. What do you know? And the next part of that is that I am God. Who is God? He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He's the Alpha and he's the Omega. He's the first and the last. He is our Savior. He is our God. He is our Father. Be still and know emphatically that I am God. And then it goes on to say, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. Then the next thing I would say, I would ask you to do, the the last thing I would ask you to do tonight is this, is be prepared, is be prepared. A a few, 
back on our back on um, vacation, I took a little bit of time, and, and Ann and I went to the mountains, and we went through um, we went through Cherokee, and then we went through the mountains to get to Gatlinburg. That's a, how many people has been on that road? That's a long, winding road goes up a mountain. Well, I looked down at my gas gauge. This is confession time. I looked out at my gas gauge and I said, I need gas. This was in Cherokee. I said, I need gas. I need, I need to get some gas. And um, I forgot about it. <laughs> so I started going up the mountain and I didn't notice it. And I got about a yeah, third way up that mountain. And that's um, it's a long, long drive, very long drive. My gas gauge was about an eighth of a tank. Now, there's no gas stations on that mountain. Um, there's pretty much nothing there until you get to the other side. And Anne had realized that I was really low on gas, and um, she shared with me that I was really low on gas. <laughs> and I'm trying to just kind of ignore it, you know, not ignore it, but just kind of, ah, life is good. I kept looking at that gas gauge and a cold sweat just started coming over me because it was getting lower and lower. And I thought, Houston, we've got a problem here. We have got a big problem. And I, um, you know, I'm still trying to be cool about it. She, I know she knew I was sweating. <laughs> I'm just pouring sweat. And um, I got to the top of the mountain and um, I thought, hmm, I'm gonna run out of gas. There's no, I mean, I'm pretty, pretty confident I'm going to run out of gas. I'm just going to put it in neutral. <laughs> so I, I put it in neutral. We coasted all the way there. It was awesome. And I got all the way into the bottom of the mountain, and I, then I put it in dry when I got to the bottom of the mountain. She goes, oh, you're going to have enough? I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> she says, yeah, you wouldn't have if you hadn't have put it in neutral and coasted all the way down the mountain. Here's my point to this story. We're, we're gas gauge, our gas gauge is really low. We need to prepare for this. We need to prepare for this. And you might say, there's a verse that says, you know, my God shall supply all your needs, and he does. Um, but he also gives us, as Christians, wisdom. I, I think of the story about Joseph and about the dreams and about when he went to Pharaoh and said, hey, we're getting ready to go through, you know, um, some major food shortages. We're getting ready to go through some serious, serious times. And Pharaoh put him in charge, and what did he do? He planned for that, didn't he? He planned for that. And what I would say to the church tonight is you need to plan for this. You need to plan for what could happen. Our church needs to plan for this. Um, I believe that a lot of our communications, we have gotten so caught up in the communication era and world. I mean, if I want to talk to somebody, I don't talk to them, I text them. But I say I talk to them. But I really text them. We text back and forth. It's all electronic. We do everything electronic. We create this, this world on social media. It's, it's this image that we want to create about ourselves. So we get on there and, and uh, we go back and forth. Or sometimes, we use it as, um, as therapy. <laughs> we get on there and we talk about, you know, all the issues going on in our life. We use it as therapy. And then some, some of us 
use it, you know, for, you know, for prayer requests, okay? And I'm not saying any of that's bad. What I'm saying is what happens if that goes away tomorrow? See, that's the reason that I believe God's principles just always stick. It says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That, that's a physical thing. So that we, as a body of Christ, can, can have that interaction with each other. We can pray for each other. We can help each other. Because if that social media goes away, where, where are some of you all going to be? Just thinking. There's other things that you can be prepared, prepared for. Um, I believe that we are going to go through a very, very difficult time. Our Constitution was devised in a way that it is basically a rule by the people. And I would ask this, that you don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget that, because the people are in charge. We rule. It's not a president. Because if it was a president, George Washington said, well, I just want to be the king then. Just make me a king. He didn't do that. He was made a president. And all the legislators, they, they could be something different than what they are. They are representatives. We, the people, rule. But if we don't start ruling, the ungodly will. If the church doesn't start taking a stand, the ungodly already has. We must take a stand. We must take a stand. I want to mention real quickly tonight about the verses that I gave, I gave, I read to begin with. And I'm going to kind of just, I'm going to kind of wrap this up because I don't want to go long on this. It says this, in, in 94, 1 through 7, Psalm speaks of sinners. I believe Dave, David wrote this under the inspiration of, of God. I believe he was the writer of this. He was the author. Obviously, God was the author, but I believe he was the one that penned this. The second part of this, and write this down and ask you to read it. Read it later for a later time. But I believe that, that 1 through 7, it speaks of sinners. And then 8 through 11, it speaks of sinners about God. And then 12, 15 speaks of the righteous about God. 12 through 15. And I believe 16 through 23 speaks of himself, of David himself about God. And we, if we look at this and we think about this, <clears throat> David is asking God to deliver himself out of a very, very difficult situation. He's got enemies all around him, but he also knows that God can do that. But if you also look at David and his life, David was a fierce warrior. But he was also a person after God's own heart. And how do, you, how, do you, how do you mix those two? He was a fierce warrior, probably one of the fiercest warriors Israel ever had. But he was also a man after God's own heart. And he knew who controlled nations. And we as a church needs to, need to know that. We need, as, as, as believers, we need to know that God is the author and the finisher of everything. God is in control of everything. 
God uses circumstances and trials. I believe he's going to try the church because of our sin. I believe that. Unless there's a radical, radical revival in the church. And I would say we're really, really out of time right now. I would say we're out of time.